Let's go back to three nights before the events that begin today's gospel reading took place. The scene is the Last Supper. And Jesus is gathered with his apostles there and tells them, I will not be with you much longer. I am going away. Where I am going, you cannot come now. And Peter says, Lord, why can I not follow you? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus says to him, you'll lay down your life for me, Peter. Amen, I say to you, the cock will not crow tonight before you have three times denied you even know me. Oh, Lord, no, I would never deny you. And they all say the same thing. But we know exactly what happened a couple of hours later. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is arrested. And, of course, Peter denies three times that he even knew who Jesus was. And the apostles all ran. And the next day as he was crucified, they all watched everything from a distance. Only John, who was probably only a teenager at the time, had the strength to stand at the foot of the cross with Jesus. So now this is the night of the resurrection, his first appearance to the apostles that Easter Sunday night. They had heard the news from the women in the morning that they went to the tomb to anoint the body and that they didn't find it there, but angels told them that he was risen. And then Mary Magdalene says she'd seen him. But the apostles only have these words now. Now, here they are, locked in the upper room, and even though the doors are locked, Jesus just appears in the room, stands in front of them, and appears to them. And this is his first time seeing them after he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, if you were Jesus, what would you want to say to them? I know what I would probably want to say. I'd want to say, first of all, Peter, I got something to say to you. Didn't I tell you, Peter, what you were going to do? I knew you better than you knew yourself. And the rest of you, where were you when I needed you? Oh, sure, at my triumphal entry, when the crowds were screaming Hosanna to the son of David. Yeah, you like being right at my side, basking in all the glory and the attention. But then the minute my enemies got a hold of me and they had their way with me, you ran to the hills. Well, you call yourselves friends? Let me tell you something, you stink. That might have been what I would have wanted to say, and maybe you might have thought the same thing. But what does Jesus say? He stands before them, and all he says is, peace be with you. Shalom. He doesn't even bring it up to them. He knows there was nothing they could do, and actually Peter had tried. He had a sword and took it and cut off the right ear of the slave of the high priest. And Jesus reprimanded him and says, put your sword back into its sheath. Basically tell him, I came to do this. Don't try to stop me from going to the cross. This is why I came into the world. This was his hour. And if he didn't go to the cross, you and I would not be saved. So he basically told Peter, no, don't try to defend me. Let me do what the Father has called me to do. Because this is the whole heart of our salvation. And so now, standing before them, he only shows them his hands and his feet to to show that he is truly risen. And then says to them again, peace be with you. And he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you hold bound are held bound. The first gift that Jesus gives to the church the day of his resurrection is the forgiveness of our sins, the sacrament of reconciliation, which we commonly refer to as going to confession. He worked the forgiveness of our sins by his suffering, death, and resurrection, and now gives us this beautiful sacrament, the sacrament of his mercy, to free us from those sins so that we can live a life free from sin and filled with the grace that he wants us to have. And today is Divine Mercy Sunday, and it's no accident 
that Pope St. John Paul the Great chose to create today as Divine Mercy Sunday, the octave day of Easter. First of all, it was very dear to him because the Divine Mercy, we have the picture of it here in the front, uh, was revealed to St. Faustina Kowalska in Krakow in Poland, the very same city where the Pope was the Cardinal Archbishop before he was elected Pope John Paul II. And so it was dear to his heart. And he knew the need for the mercy that Jesus shows through the divine mercy to St. Faustina. And it's a message that you and I need to remember each and every day of our lives. Yes, we all have our sins. We've all done things wrong. But the Lord in his mercy has come to free us from our sins. Not to hit us over the head over them. Not to beat us constantly to remind us what we did wrong. But to free us from them. One of my favorite stories from any of the lives of the saints is something that happened with St. Faustina. In the very beginning, uh, and she was a nun in Krakow, but in the very beginning when the Lord was appearing to her, she told the priest who was her spiritual director that Jesus was appearing to her in her cell in the convent at night. And the priest was being cautiously skeptical because you can't believe everybody that claims that Jesus is appearing to them. Some of them we know are you know, in, in all charity, not playing with a full deck, shall we say. But it's been known to happen, and he knew Faustina to be a solid woman and probably figured if anybody is a candidate for it, it is certainly Faustina, but he wanted proof. So he said to her, okay, I figured out a way that I will know whether or not this is truly Jesus appearing to you. When next time he comes to you, ask him to tell you what my last mortal sin was. And if Jesus can tell you the last mortal sin I had to confess, then I will clearly know that it is Jesus. Because it's obviously something only the priest and the Lord would know. So the next time the Lord appeared to her, she told him, Father's having a hard time believing you're actually appearing to me. And he asked me to ask you as a sign, would you please tell me what Father's last mortal sin was? And Jesus said to her, I don't remember. I don't remember. He's not about trying to hold our sins over our head. It was confessed, and this had to be something serious. This was a mortal sin for a priest, something he did that would have severed his relationship with God. What it was, we can't even begin to imagine, but obviously something very serious, but the priest had brought it to confession, he had been forgiven, and the Lord says, that's it. I forget about it. Once it's confessed and forgiven, I don't remember what you've done. I want to forget your sins, and I want you to forget them. Incidentally, the priest believed Faustina at that point because he realized, he goes, only Jesus would come up with an answer like that. That's nothing Faustina would have invented. So he became a believer. But it's a reminder to us that God has come to take away our guilt not to have us constantly living under the burden of sins we've committed, whether they were grave sins many years ago or sins that we keep trying to overcome but continue to repeat because of weakness in our lives. He wants to take our sins away from us. And sometimes we discover that the hardest forgiveness in the world to get is not God's. God's forgiveness, in fact, is very easy. The hardest forgiveness often to get is our own for us to forgive ourselves for things that we've done. Sometimes I'll be hearing confessions and somebody will come in and continue to confess sins that they committed many, many years ago and have confessed many, many times, but somehow every time they come to confession, they think they have to bring them up again. And I have to try to remind them, but you've confessed them. They're gone. 
The Lord has forgotten about them. Now you must forget about them. He has forgiven you, put them in the past, and move on with the relationship he wants to have with you. Not one of constantly reminding you of your weakness, but rather reminding you of his tremendous love for you, that he calls you to holiness in spite of whatever sins you may have committed in your life. And sometimes people come in and maybe they're afraid to go to confession because of something that happened many, many years ago. And they often think, God could never forgive me for doing that, you know, whatever it may be. And maybe something finally moves them to come to confession. But they'll be talking and saying, or even this is before they go to confession, oh, God could never forgive me that. There's no sense in me going to confession. And sometimes I have to little, play a little hardball with them. I said, okay, you don't think God would forgive you that? Oh, no. Said, Suppose Adolf Hitler, at the end of his life, instead of committing suicide, had turned to God in his bunker and said, dear Lord, what have I done? I'm sorry. I only realize now the mistakes I've made. Will you forgive me? Do you think the Lord would have forgiven him? And the answer always comes back, yes. Said, if Satan himself should come before the Father and say, Father, I realize now what a mistake I've been making in my pride by fighting against you and ruining your creation and trying to harm the people you love simply to get back at you. I realize now how wrong I've been. Will you forgive me? Do you think God would forgive Satan? And they always say, well, of course he would. So I say, well, if God would forgive Adolf Hitler and God could forgive Satan himself, the source of all evil, why do you think he would not forgive you? Are you less lovable than Adolf Hitler? And they always say, well, no, of course not. I said, so allow the Lord to forgive you. You're holding on to this pain for something that you've done, and the Lord wants to take the pain away from you. Allow him to do that. The biggest mistake you and I could ever make is not bringing our sins before the Lord and asking him to forgive us for them. He always will, no matter how serious the sin is. As long as we're even partly sorry for it, he forgives us our sins. Sadly, we often are our own worst enemies because we keep ourselves from the healing that will bring us the peace that we long for, that I'm convinced and I know only comes from the forgiveness of our sins. And I've always felt that the, the place where we understand God's love for us the most is in the sacrament of reconciliation. When we say, Lord, you have no reason to forgive me with all the sins I've committed over and over again, you would be justified if you just said, get out of my sight, I never want to see you again. But you never do that. Lord, you always forgive me. And we might even want to say to him, Lord, why do you forgive me? Even after I promise I'm going to overcome these sins and keep doing them over and over again. Why do you forgive me? And the Lord says, because I love you. And I still believe in you. And maybe then we discover that Jesus loves us more than we even love ourselves. And when we see that, we look at the Lord a completely different way and say, wow, what wondrous love is this? Who is this Lord who loved me so much to willingly die on the cross to take away my sins and now gives us that forgiveness in baptism, in the Eucharist, and in the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation? Sadly, some people in dealing with the guilt from their sins, you know, go about a different way of trying to deal with it. Instead of acknowledging their sins, they try to deal with it by saying, well, God doesn't really care about our sins. That wasn't really sinful and just dismissing it. 
But it's the wrong way to go about it. As popular as it's been for the last 50 years or so, it doesn't bring the healing that we look for. Because the greater thing is not to ignore our sins, but acknowledge them before the Lord and allow him to forgive us and take the sins away. And to have him say to us, I died on the cross for precisely those sins that you're now bringing to me. Now they are dead, they are on the cross, and your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. And so, my friends, if there's anyone here today who has been resisting coming to confession because you're afraid that God would never forgive you, no, he will. The biggest mistake we could ever make in our lives is not to allow the Lord to forgive us. Some people then also wonder, well, why do I have to go to a priest formally for confession? Can't I just kneel in a pew and have the priest forgive me? And many people have certainly done that. And everyday minor sins, yeah, are forgiven that way and even in the Eucharist. But I think anybody who's ever committed a serious sin knows how much relief there is in getting it off our chest and telling another human being. And that other human being doesn't condemn us, but instead forgives us. That's why Jesus gave us the beautiful sacrament as his first gift to the church, so that we could hear another person tell us, I absolve you of your sins. Jesus gave that to his apostles, the first bishops, and the successors of the apostles, the bishops today, now pass that on to the priests that they ordain to represent them. And you notice a priest doesn't say, Jesus absolves you of your sins, but says, I absolve you of your sins. That the priest has the power to do that because the Lord Jesus has willed it so that you and I would know we have someone who has the power to take away our sins. Truly say that to us and know your sins are forgiven. And sometimes when people do that, especially if it's been a long time, they've been holding on to big sins, they ask me, can I have a hug? Well, this is wonderful. I can't tell you how many hugs I've given out to people in confession, even from big, grown, brawly men, because they feel so relieved to finally know that their sins are forgiven them. Sometimes people say, well, maybe I'll go to a strange priest that I've never met before, but you know, the, my pastor, the priest who sees me every day, how could I ever go before him and tell him my sins? If he knows what I did, he'll never look at me the same way again. Well, I don't think I could honestly have answered that until I started hearing confessions myself and noticed how I respond. And I'd never find myself looking at anybody and saying, I'm ashamed of that person. If anything, I feel more relieved I feel honored, in a sense, that I know somebody had a a pain that they wanted to have freed from their souls, and they chose me, and they came and shared it with me, which means they trusted me that I was not going to hold it against them, but that I would be rejoicing that they are healed. And indeed, that's exactly how we feel. We rejoice when somebody comes in with a heavy burden, and we're able to lift it off their shoulders. And we don't go around remembering the sins of everybody. And every time we look at someone, remembering, oh, this person did this and this person did that. We hear so many confessions in the course of a day, we barely remember what people have said. But if we do, again, it only helps us love the person all the more because they trusted us, they wanted healing, and they trusted me as a priest or whichever priest it was. And what for you may feel like It takes all of your strength to come before a priest and confess. For us, it's just another day here in confessions. You don't have to be ordained too long until you've heard it all. There is nothing, I promise you, I guarantee you, there is nothing anyone here could have done that you need to bring before a priest that we've never heard of before. 
It said, do not be afraid. We're not there to judge you. We're there to heal you. And so if there's anyone here who's been, it's been a long time since you've been to confession because you're afraid, or maybe you don't even remember how to go to confession, don't be afraid. Just come to the priest and say, Father, it's been 25 years and I don't even know how to begin. The priest can take it from there and help you step by step through the confession. Do not be afraid of this beautiful sacrament that Jesus has given us for the forgiveness of our sins so that we know he has taken away our sins. They've been nailed to the cross with him. And as he rose from the dead, we rise now every time our sins are forgiven in the new life of Christ, in the new life that he gave us by his resurrection, which we inherited, of course, the day of our baptism. And then for those who go somewhat frequently, There are people who say, well, no, I don't let a long time go. I go every Christmas and every Easter, right before Christmas and Easter, I make my Easter duty, and that's great. But don't wait until Christmas or Easter rolls around again. So, you know, if after this somebody should commit a sin, do we have to wait until next Advent in order to have our sins forgiven? No, come frequently, even if our sins are not major. No sin is too small to be brought to confession. Make a regular habit of going so that we know how to go to confession and we're comfortable with it, so that should there ever be a time where there is something serious we've done that we need to bring to confession, we won't be afraid. We'll know how to do it, and we'll know how to go about a confession, and we'll know that the priest is there to heal us, not to condemn us, because Christ did not come to condemn us for our sins, but to heal us of them, to take them away. And so, my friends, today, this beautiful day of the divine mercy, May we remember the mercy that the Lord revealed to us this afternoon as we conclude our Divine Mercy Novena. Confession will be available. Don't be afraid. Come and allow the Lord to take your sins off your shoulders and give you the peace, the relief of knowing your sins are forgiven no matter how serious they are. And allow the Lord to take those sins away and forgive yourself. Don't feel that you have to confess them over and over again. Once they are confessed, the Lord forgets it and says, I don't remember what you did. I only know of the sins you've confessed since your last confession. But come to the Lord. Do not be afraid. Allow him to heal you. Take advantage of the sacrament he gave us that he won by his death and resurrection and now has given to us so that all of us can know that indeed we are truly forgiven in Christ, forgiven in his divine mercy. May Jesus Christ be praised now and forever. Thank you for listening to this week's homily by Father Carrozza. If you enjoyed this homily, please pass the word on to your friends and invite them to listen. For more materials from Father Carrozza, please visit www.fathercarrozza.com.